Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99. At participating U.S. restaurants, price may vary. Remember the Thai cave rescue? What about the mission depicted in Black Hawk Down or the epic rescue shown in Captain Phillips? You've probably heard of all of these, but did you know that U.S. Air Force Special Warfare played a pivotal role in all of them? These airmen are the most highly trained warriors on the planet. Other forces like the SEALs and Army Rangers call on them to provide skills no one else can. Not many people make the cut, but if you think you can, visit AirForce.com to learn more. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. It's a Wednesday, so we have Tommy Dreamer and Mickey James. That's right, right here on the Busted Open Podcast. And we have an amazing interview with Serena Deeb of AEW. And we dive deep into the past and the history of the road that Serena Deeb was on leading to AEW. It's fascinating. You don't want to miss it. And then we react, myself, Tommy, and Mickey, to the interview right now on the Busted Open Podcast. The one and only Serena Deeb. Serena, good morning, and thank you for joining Busted Open today. Good morning to all of you. Thank you guys so much. Uh, I'm glad to be back on so soon. Yes, the professor. You're so tan today. I'm so envious of your tan right now. I cannot. <laughs> Got that TV tan. You know? Yeah, you do. <laughs> hey, this is going to go off the rails with Mickey and Deeb, just so you know. I've known the both of them a long time. And uh, you, we'll just sit back and lay out and let Mickey uh, take over because uh, this is how it's going to be. I'm just telling you. That's fine. That is <laughs> completely fine for me. I mean, I just want to get in that uh, Fighter Fest week two, night three, tonight on Dynamite. Amazing match card that we're going to see at 8 p.m. Eastern time on TBS for AEW Dynamite. As I mentioned, Fighter Fest. So can't wait to watch that tonight and talk about it on tomorrow's show. So, uh now that I got that out of the way, Mickey, the floor is yours. Oh, I'm just so happy to see your face. Oh, my God. I feel like I haven't talked to you forever, even though I just talked to you last night <laughs> for like two hours. <laughs> right. Um, you know, I don't know. I just I th- think there's so much to talk about. Obviously, what you got going on on TV right now and with everything that you are doing at AEW and. I, for one, as your friend, it's amazing to just like sit back and watch you shine, like finally shine the way and be seen from the wrestling world, how I've always seen you. And so that's just, you know, true story dream. And you were there because you were our boss at the time. But a one Serena Deeb first came to OVW. She moved down there and I fell in love with her immediately because she was so driven and so passionate and so hungry and so athletic. And she just picked everything up and she was like, she's legitimate. You're legitimately one of the best women I've ever been in the ring with ever, ever, ever. And I think that's why you've, you know, 
been in all these positions that you have. It was a shame, in my opinion, that you never, your first run in WWE, ever got to show what you could do in the ring because, in my opinion, you were better than pretty much the entire roster at the time, um, it, you know, with the exception of a couple. So uh, I wish you had had a chance to show what a great wrestler you were at that time because you were only in the manager role, but it's cool to see it happen now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's all about really your journey and how you got there. I would say the same thing where I was happy when you first, because I've known you pretty much uh, since those OVW days as well. And Mm -hmm. it was your first run is a manager. And then I'm like, all right, well, she's, she's training people. Uh, I know from myself, when I went into the WWE office, I was 32 to 34 years old. And I was just like, man, I still want to be a wrestler. I still like, I, I love that I'm helping hire people find the next generation of talents and making them pursue their dream. But I was just like, man, I still have it in me. I still have mm-hmm. it in me and I'm 51. Did you have those same thoughts when you were training people or was it just like, I've understood my role here? Oh, a hundred percent completely relate to that. I mean, I was, uh, I was 30 when they hired me as a coach mm-hmm. and I'd taken a couple years off of wrestling and, you know, used yoga to my body felt great. You know, I, I, I felt, and then um, I remember having a conversation with, you know, one of my, one of the bosses there and, you know, he just straight up said like, to accept this job, you need to really be at peace with being done in the ring. And it was a really, it was a really tough like moment for me, you know, because it was Mm -hmm. like such a great opportunity and it was a, you know, I love helping people. So, you know, coaching is, I still love coaching. I still love doing seminars and, and all of that, but I felt the exact same way as you Tommy. like the entire time I was coaching and I'm watching these girls and I'm like, man, like, I want to be in here. I'm not done. Yeah. I, I always felt unfinished business and I, oh, and, and, you know, and then when AEW started, um, I, I watched it like from the beginning, every single week, I was a huge AEW supporter and, um, and I, I loved what they had going on. I just loved the vibe. And so here I am coaching at WWE, but I'm watching AEW like, man, I want to wrestle there. Like I want to wrestle there. And, um, you know, life brought me there. I mean, just, you know, it wasn't always the path there wasn't easy, like losing my job at, in the pandemic, obviously, which a lot of people did. That was, those were some tough times and Mm -hmm. humbling times and all of that. But you know, it was the best thing that could have happened because I, I thought my wrestling career was over and then here it is. Like, it's, it's like a Renaissance for me. It's, it's, you know, almost uh, September will be two years with AEW and I've gotten to do so much amazing stuff there and, yeah. and stuff with NWA. And I mean, it's um, I felt, yes. So to answer your question, yes, I felt that way. It was something in my gut every day that I would go to work. Sometimes I would sit in my car in the parking lot and just be like, man, oh, you know, but I got to, I got to, this is my role right now. My role is to help. And, And so I embraced it, but I always, I always had unfinished business. 
Yeah. Well, I'm glad you got that uh, platform, especially that you know Tony believing in you the way he did. And just like Mickey said, we're seeing the best version of you. I want to say my lowest point is when uh, I had to do the great Kali's laundry and uh, <laughs> he overflew, uh, overflowed his, uh, his washer. And I was oh, no. cleaning up his condo that I had set him up with. And I was literally showing him and his wife how to do laundry. Mm. And and I was like, where did I go wrong in my life? I'm 32 years old. Like, what is, why am I doing another person's laundry that, and, and it was an offense to him, but I was just like, some of these guys suck. I'm so much better than them. Right. And, yeah. uh, so I totally get that being angry and crying. I went to my car and I just was like screaming. I was like, I just did <laughs> oh, giant's laundry. Where the hell did I go wrong? Yeah. Totally. I remember having conversations with you while you were there. And it was so even from me, like I, I felt like it was particularly frustrating because like you said, you were so young, you were 30 and I was so happy for you to get the opportunity and get the job. But in my mind, I kept thinking like, well, it's just going to be a, they're going to see how great she is. And then she's just going to come up to the main roster because you're so good. And, and, and I can't imagine that like, you know, you're training women who are pretty much right in your same age range you know uh who aren't as good they're very green and they're very you know talented but just not ready for television Uh, and i just felt like there was like a lot of times where you were torn in that like i do want to wrestle and i love wrestling so much and it would be different if you weren't so great at it you know but then to see so many people get opportunities i remember those conversations of like you know i'm happy for people but at the same time like I want this for me because this is what I love. And I never, you never really had a chance to do that, to like wrestle and, and show who you were wrestling on television. So um, yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm excited for what you got coming up. I think you've been killing it. You've been killing it. Thank you. A lot of people don't know this. I was going to say sidebar story, um, non-wrestling story, but connected. So Deeb moved to Louisville. And she was, how old were you? 18. 18. 18. And uh, I was getting ready to go up on the road. And Louisville had a street called 4th Street. I don't know (laughs) if you guys know this or not, if you're aware of 4th Street. But one Serena Deeb used an ID of Mickey James up until about a week before her 21st birthday (laughs) when it got taken. From her, got taken <laughs> right before her birthday. This isn't you, busted, busted. Like two years, yeah, two years. Yeah, it worked. It did. Never questioned. It worked her. everywhere. It was yeah. Kentucky you Derby just go weekend. Go to the friggin' too. bars that like Shad or the guys. Right. Home. So it's like, oh, there's an ID there. <laughs> it has numbers yeah. on it. Great. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, that was usually the thing. Is like Shad or those guys would like slide me in the back door. Yeah. You know, of the of of that one Sully's, I think it was or whatever. But oh yeah, man. Yeah, a week before, you're so right. That was hilarious. It was a good. It had a good run. A good it solid two year run. Two years. <laughs> yeah, you know, Serena. <laughs> speaking of two years, it's been it's been uh, close to that. Um, and I talk about this show a lot um, here on Busted Open, and that was Double or Nothing. 
um, coming right out of the pandemic where people were able to come back. And you had a match with Rio that I think stole the show. Where And you weren't even on the pay-per-view. It was the dark match before the pay-per-view. And that was like when the first pay-per-view for AEW where fans were able to come back. And Double or Nothing is kind of the big show for AEW. And then you followed up uh, just just a couple months ago with the match that you had with Thunder Rosa. I mean, how good does it feel for you to kind of like, hey, steal the show and then have like a major match like you did at Double or Nothing this past year? Yeah, um, incredible. I, 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 both matches are really special in their own rights. Like the, the, the buy-in match with Riho, we were the very first match in yeah. front of, like when we first had that sold out Daily's Place crowd post pandemic and the crowd was just so they were just so ready. They were so hot. They were so, it was like, that was top five most fun matches of my career. I mean, it might even be number one or two, just, just because of like the crowd response and the energy. And like, you know how, when you're feeling that energy and they were just, they were so excited and, and to go out first, like in front of that was incredible and and i love that match and i um love wrestling rio um but then yeah circle or circle forward two years later double or nothing you know wrestling uh for the AEW women's championship against thunder rosa someone i i greatly respect and um you know that it was and to be on the main card uh that was actually the reason why that match is particularly special to me is in my entire 17 year career, that was my first ever pay-per-view match. Wow. I have never wrestled on a pay-per-view. I've managed. You should have won. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Just, <laughs> Just I can't believe it. Yeah. It's ne- insane. Never wrestled on a pay-per-view, like managed, you know, but, um, so that was that was really special for me in that sense. And again, you know, crowd was great. And um, I think we made some magic that night. And um, I'm proud of that. I'm proud to, you know, you know, like it, it's it's ebbs and flows, as we all know, in this business. But like in that sense, if you look at that double or nothing and then double or nothing two years later, that's, you know, ebbs and flows. But boom, like definitely a, uh, an ascension in that sense. Yeah. I'm a big fan of the, I used to call it the pre-show when they show all the reasons why the wrestlers are going to be fighting on pay-per-view and that one in particular, they had you looking at like you were either at this yoga dojo or you were just uh, training. Do you remember that, that whole, uh, I call them personality pieces or character pieces, I love that whole pre-show uh, show they do. They usually about a half hour um, of why the wrestlers are fighting and all the backstories. Mm-hmm. But for you, you've always had a great body, but then you transformed how you completely look. Um, and you did that just through yoga. And, you know, like, I mean, you have, you're a totally different person physically and mentally since pretty much the last time I seen you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I delved hardcore into yoga for many years. I moved to LA for five years and 
there were days where I was doing like three classes a day, hot yoga, 105 degree rooms, you know, I mean, I, um, and just really, uh, my time out there was, was spent like doing a lot of self development and, and just self growth because, um, when I decided to kind of leave wrestling for, for a bit, um, wasn't sure if I was going to come back. I was in a dark place, you know, like I know a lot, a lot of us have, I think every wrestler has experienced that period of time Mm -hmm. and, uh, moving to LA was really, really healthy for me because I was in a, in an environment where a lot of, there were a lot of like-minded people that were all kind of after the same thing, like improving self-improvement and, um, you know, just, and, um, yoga helped out so much with that. And as I mentioned before, like really, really helped recover my body because, you know, it was beaten up, like, you know, um, and mentally beaten up and, you know, yoga does all of that. It, it just like takes mental, physical, like spiritual, whatever your thing is there. And it just put meshes it all together. And, um, it's, it's, I mean, there's a reason why, you know, DDP is so successful, like, and Trish Stratus is so successful is because it works, like it works. And I think like the world sees that now, even though people may have not have seen that 10 years ago, but it really helped my life out. Um, but you know, I made some changes to my physical body as well. And, you know, uh, cosmetically and stuff like that, that helped out as well. I move so much better in the ring now. Um, and, you know, I still consistently train like as much as I can. I, it's not like, you know, you never, I don't think that you reach a point where it's like, okay, I'm done training. Like I'm good. I just show up and, and wrestle. Like I'm still every week trying to, what's another transition? What's another hold? What's another, you know, like um, different element and, elements to you know my storytelling and all of that and watching matches and studying people and um studying people whose work I want to kind of emulate like a like a Zach Sabre Jr. is an example I I just think that's that's someone who I want to wrestle like a Daniel Bryan um studying and continuing to train and and you know it had you keep your body in that ring shape because if you don't it's it's a uh, service. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm glad you said uh, mental and physical. Uh, the mental aspect is the biggest aspect, uh, in my opinion, because I remember ECW goes away. I'm training in the gym two to three times a day to compensate, I guess, for my loss. Mentally, I was so depressed. Physically, I was 235, almost had a top ab first time in my life. But they never connected uh, when the mental and the physical connect like you, then, like I said, we're seeing the best version of yourself, which, you know, uh, I think, you know, you probably have two of the biggest supporters between Mickey and myself um, been in your corner since day one. And so happy to hear and always see that success that you're having, because like Mickey said, I mean, and, and Mickey is m- one of the greatest of all time. And she's telling you that you're, one of the greatest of all time. So it's a, it's a pretty cool accomplishment. Uh, and, and I'm super happy for you. I'm happy Thank for you, you so too. Much. And, and I know like 
in the physical changes she's talking about, and I know, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about this or not, but like, I remember when you had your breast aug done and it was right in that diva era. And I felt like, I'm not sure if you felt like that was something you had to do in order to get on TV or whatever, because obviously that was never going to be said, but you know, you were probably one of the few people that I know, especially in this business that has had them removed, had them taken out you know, for your own health and for your own, like just feeling body confidence or whatever, but your body looks better than it's ever looked. Like you can see, you know, your soul shine through and you can see what Trish said the same thing about yoga. Like it was just especially coming back from her injury or whatever. It like, just kind of like realigned everything. And obviously there, I I do yoga. We've had these conversations. I do yoga too, but the spiritual, the, you know, the presence, the focus, the just having to be in that moment because our minds get crazy, especially wrestler brain. So you are forced to focus. Right. Um, but yeah, I just, there's so many layers. I could sit here and talk to you the rest of the show, honestly, because not just because I love you, but, um, I know you want, you got some stuff coming up, but I'd love for you to explain the professor to people if they have not heard that, like they don't understand and why that moniker is so perfect, honestly, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I mean, you know what? It was thrown out one day and I was, when I, when I heard it, I was like, Hmm, I don't know. I had to, I had to think about it. I, it didn't, it didn't click with me right away. But, um, as soon as I, I just took a chance and like, uh, like put it out there on, on a social media post and it got like such a, uh, strong response back. Mm-hmm. Like people clung to it. Um, and then I was like, Oh, this is a thing, you know, like, this is, this could be, this is character development and um, I'm going to run with this. So, you know, I, I consider it like, you know, a professor is someone at the top of their field, you know, they've studied, they've, they've studied their line of work for X amount of years and they have earned their way to that level of honor, you know, and they're teaching others Mm -hmm. Um, with my background in I mean, you know, all the years I went through wrestling and then coaching and then wrestling. And then, you know, I'm at AEW, I'm doing both coaching and wrestling. Um, And so I just, uh, it's kind of like, you know, like the cliche, like, oh yeah, take people to school kind of thing, even though I don't like using the cliches, but um, you know, I, I like, I like the idea of every time I'm in the ring with someone being able to teach them um, just through wrestling through osmosis. Yeah. Through osmosis. Yes. Well, it makes so much sense to me because when I look at the pretty much the entirety of the female roster, uh, especially the younger female roster in any company right now, they've all sat underneath your learning tree. Like whether it be they came in for like the May Young Classic or they came in for tryouts or, you know, for whatever it was, or they sat in your classroom and are now, you know, on TV or not on TV or whatever. But a lot of these young girls, I think that, you know, you don't realize the influence because you have been at this for a long time and you did go back and do like shimmer and shine and did different stuff like that. But you know, you speak your name to anyone, you know, obviously nobody would ever say anything bad to you about you to me. However, you say your name across any locker room and there's nothing but love and respect and 
admiration that comes out of anyone's mouth, you know? So to see that the professor, like it, it it's many layers because yes, you're going to school people and, and teach them in the ring. But I think that the amount of women that you have uh, really helped and taught something to uh, currently out there is way more than you could ever even think. So it's perfect. Thank you. Thank you so much, Serena Deeb. Don't forget, you can see Serena Deeb challenge Mercedes Martinez for that Ring of Honor Women's Championship this Saturday night at Death Before Dishonor. Can't wait for that pay-per-view. And Serena, thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon. This summer, feel the heat of the NTT IndyCar Series as Sirius XM brings you every lap, pass, and podium finish. Joseph Newgarden, he wins! Each week, Indy 500 winner Tony Kanaan and broadcaster Jack Aroot break down all the action on Brick by Brick. I'm going to show up on Saturday saying, hey. And win the race. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> brick by Brick, Wednesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on NBC Sports Audio Channel 85 and anytime on the SXM app, Stitcher, Pandora, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for $15 a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash busted open. That's mintmobile.com slash busted open. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash busted open. $45 upfront payment required equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors, no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh Never Frozen Meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to Factormeals.com slash Busted50 and use code Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Busted50 at Factormeals.com slash Busted50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. First of all, it's crazy to think about that that match with Thunder Rosa at Double or Nothing was her first ever pay-per-view match. That's insane. That is insane. It's insane. I think it's a testament to, you know, uh, and I believe this It's like, and I heard this, like, it's not, it's all about opportunities. Cause it's like, she, in my opinion, was one of the best female wrestlers out there and never got a really opportunity. And now she's finally getting an opportunity to show who she is and why she's so great. 
um, and timing and all the things, but just, you know, some of the best wrestlers out the, out there in the world have yet to be found, have yet to be discovered, you know, or, or known, but not on television. Dave, she was also talking about like part of her thing was telling the talent, especially the women to hang in there. Right. Um, You know, Mickey reminded me of a conversation that I had with her a long, long time ago. Of course, mentally, Mickey was checking out of the business and this business would never have seen her greatness or her light shine because she was ready to quit. And I told her I wasn't allowing her to quit and just go take some time for yourself. And I did it at the risk of my own job where I didn't tell people she was missing or she just... I didn't tell the WWE and it was a real, it was, she talks about that mental struggle. And I think that we all go through it and, you know, um, I'm so grateful for that, Tommy, because you sent me home and that's where I needed to go because I was homesick and I was struggling and I felt like I had gone about the business the wrong way because I was trying to be a great wrestler. And clearly that's not what they were looking for at the time. And I ended up in a, in what I felt like a paid coaching position in the sense of like teaching all these girls how to grab a headlock. And I'm like, I'm, you know, had no offense, like, but head and shoulders above these girls. And I know that what I would do if I had an opportunity and I don't understand what I'm doing wrong. And maybe it's just because I love wrestling and that's what I'm doing wrong. And I was ready to go home. And, and what was I in OVW almost like two years at that point. And, and Tommy wouldn't let me quit. He would not let me quit. And he told me to go home and reset. And I remember having a really crying deep down emotional conversation with my mom. And that was why I came back because she was, you know, she reminded me and my dad too, like you've given so much and we didn't think you, you know, nobody thought you were going to make it this far and you have, and you just got to keep pushing through. And it's always darkest before the dawn and your devil's always going to throw doubt and all the things against you when you're about to win. And, and that's the real, you know, and it was true because six months later I was on television almost. And then, you know, David, it goes from, I mean, you think about it, I'm an independent wrestler. How come I'm not getting signed? And then once you get signed, uh, how come I'm not getting called up or how come I'm not on NXT TV? And then once you're there, how come I'm not getting called up to the main roster? Then it's like, well, how come they're not using me? on the main roster, there's a lot of times you got to, you know, look at yourself in the mirror and, you know, make changes. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people don't realize that, or yes, there are super talented men and women, but it's not their time. Right. And once that happens and it all clicks, it's meant to be. And, And listen, man, I don't have many, many regrets. And I remember straight up Steve Austin coming to me and saying like, cause I, Vince McMahon made a comment to me cause I was, uh, I had two pieces of cheesecake in each hand. <laughs> I loved catering and I was gaining weight. And Vince said something about, Oh, is your ass, you know, going to get any fatter? Ah, ha, ha. And I was just like, I fired right back at him. And I was just like, uh, no matter how big my ass is, you couldn't kick it. And he just laughed and turned away because I was mad at, at the WWE and then Steve Austin came to me and he was just like, you know, I, you know, I, you're, we're friends. And, you know, I, I said, Hey, don't you think you're shooting on dreamer a little bit? And he was just like, I want to, I want him to be in better shape. 
And he's like, so, you know, and then I was like, you know what, Steve, F him. Uh, I came in here in great shape, blah, blah, blah. And I was mad at them as opposed to looking at my own self in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And I think about that as like, man, what if I did get in better shape? What if I didn't, wasn't complacent? Um, Maybe I would have had a bigger spot. And he did, you know, Vince said, I want to push Tommy. And I realized there was a lot of things against my, against me in WWE where I'm a guy that walks out and the people chant for another company that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. But what, what I'm saying is, a lot of people will hold that in and blame everybody else. But sometimes, you, like I said, you got to look in the mirror mm-hmm. and as well as be like what Mickey said, nobody thought you would get there then and think of your accomplishments and where you're at now and how you can improve it. Mm-hmm. And there's been, there's wrestlers that I hired. There's wrestlers like th- there's wrestlers that I hired that are now hall of famers mm-hmm. or there's wrestlers that I hired that are still wrestling in that same in WWE mm-hmm. or wrestling in AEW that I gave first breaks to. And that's awesome. But what I'm saying is at least they realize where they're at because, Hey, guess what? You're doing like a hall of famer. You're doing better than the person that hired you. He's not a hall yeah. of famer, even yeah. though it's all, it's a work and all that stuff, but it's still, you know, that perception. And well, accountability I, is a huge thing too, Tommy. And that's something that we don't talk about because a lot of people want to blame the system or blame this or blame that. And granted, we all bust our ass and we all work hard. But at the end of the day, I think that we can all look at ourselves in the mirror when we have that checklist in the morning and say what's great about us. But we can also kind of recognize when we're falling short and when we aren't putting in the work and we aren't putting in you know, and expecting something without putting in the work is, is ridiculous, you know? So, yep. Yeah. There's other people that, you know, well, when they did invest in you, you got hurt. Well, that <laughs> other person hurt me, but okay. But how are you going to change that perception? Mm-hmm. When you did get the ball, you got hurt. Not once, not twice, but three times. Mm-hmm. So they'll feel that you're injury prone. You're still going to be a great wrestler. You're still going to get paid, but you're not going to be where they carry the ball or, Oh, what about after the show when you go out drinking Mm -hmm. or, Oh, what about this? What about that? There's all these different things when, if you want to be the face of a company or a great employee. And now, I mean, you also got to look at your social medias. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go and, you know, bitch and cry on social media? How's a company Uh, look at the NFL. There's players that go out there and do that. And then they're out of the NFL Mm -hmm. and they may, and there's a lot more teams in the NFL than there are in wrestling in wrestling. But but I, but I, in the case of Serena Deeb and everything both of you are saying is true. But like I look at Serena Deeb's road that she's been on, and as Mickey was saying, there she was. You know, probably if not one of the best, the best wrestlers at the time in the company, and yet she's not wrestling. Like she was part of that Straight Edge Society with CM Punk, and not wrestling. And then and then she's gone from the company. Then she comes back and she's a coach still coaching and mentoring, which I know she loves, but not on TV, not actually wrestling, knowing that, Hey, I could do this as well, if not better than the people I'm teaching. I know. And, and then, and then she loses her job during the pandemic, the absolute worst time to lose your job. But you look at that road, Tommy and Mickey, it turned out to be the best road to be on because now she's on TV almost every week. 
She's mm-hmm. wrestling on pay-per-views. She's stealing the show like I thought she did at Double or Nothing last year in her match with Rio. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 a tough road, it's a rocky road, but that road led to probably the best work of her career. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You, you I just saw that about with Cesaro and he said I realized I plateaued and I peaked in the WWE. And all I want to do is show that I'm the greatest wrestler. He would not be able to do that. Like if you're the greatest, it's got to be a world title or being on television or not losing. And he said that on that pre-show thing that I keep on forgetting the name of before. Um, And it was, do you want to stay for a paycheck or stay then eventually be a coach or show that I still am the greatest in the ring? And I think we're getting that with Cesaro. And you could say that about so many different people, but it's all about relate to that. I could relate to that. Do you want to stay and be a coach or a producer? Or do you still think that you have what it takes to hang with this? You know, correct. It's frustrating. Mm -hmm. It's a frustrating place when you know what you're capable of and you know what you can do, but you just haven't had that chance or that you're not getting that opportunity to do it. And for women, I think it's harder because they get hit with the number of their age more so than their talent and ability. Yeah. In wrestling, I feel males go further as they get older. But when women hit a certain age. 35. Well, they're they're on the tail end of that. Yeah. Of their career. It's time for the newer ones. Yeah. Which I totally disagree with. Same. And it's kind of grazed up a little bit, but I remember 30 was the age where it's like, oh, once you hit 30, it's like, okay, well, you should start trying to think about wrap it up. And then it kind of moved the goalpost to like 35 and it sat at 35 for a while. It still kind of feels like 35, that 35 to 40 range for women is all right. How many 40 year old women are still out there wrestling? Uh, Myself. (laughs) Not a lot. Not a lot. Um. You know, I don't want to tell everybody because you don't say women's ages out here. Well, you're all 18. You'll but, but all is, 21. Actually. But it is hypocritical because how many times and I've heard it on this show and documentaries and that it takes like, you know, 10 years before you really hit your groove and you really get, you know, you know, I think it was just like Eric Bischoff was saying it in the Goldberg documentary, if I'm not mistaken, where, hey, it, it takes a long time before you start to hit your groove and you really yeah. learn everything you need to know mm-hmm. about this business. But then you're talking about the women's division and how are you going to get that time if you're, you're saying, not. hey, it's got to be wrapped up by the time you're 35. Right. And why I totally disagree with the argument of we want people who are non-wrestlers. Right. Because if we want non-wrestlers, great. Like I always say, it would take you 10 years of working every single night back in the 80s and 70s to become a main eventer and that's working seven days a week in different territories with different people if you're working in the same place training with the same people and you're going to probably have a four to five year career you'll find your two diamond in the roughs with Mm -hmm. this philosophy but besides that it ain't gonna happen and there's it's not the, going to be people who want to be in developmental that long and train yeah. all that time and not get called up or just you're going to just re 
go through a lot of people rather quickly. Right. I agree. That's the most backward. It's always been the most baffling thing to me because you know how long it takes for it to start clicking and for you to start getting it. And like you said, there's only going to be one diamond in the rough. And so you're going to waste 10 years worth of money, time, energy, coaching to try, you know, on various X amount of talent to just find that one that's going to become the household name, you know, and the rest of them are going to quit because it's not their passion. They don't really care about wrestling. They just want to be famous, like all the different reasons as to why they're going. And, and I don't blame them because if you're given an opportunity and hell, they're probably getting a, even a great check because they're coming from a different sport than they don't love wrestling. Right. So to sit there and learn how to do this business that we love so much, but it's always been kind of backwards to me. Cause like you said, you're only, it's only going to happen once in a blue moon, but there's so much talent out there that don't get those opportunities, but now there's more places to go. Not as many as the NFL, but you know, no, there is other places to go. You know, WWE, Impact, AEW, New Japan, MLW, NWA. There's a lot of options here. We're going to have to get her on again. There's still a lot of questions to ask. Busted Open is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. The producer is Gabby Laspisa. The associate producer is Andre Viola. Sound design by Neri Bailon. Special thanks to SiriusXM Senior Vice President, of sports programming and podcasting, the legendary Steve Cohen and SiriusXM Fight Nation Program Director, Mother Marissa, Marissa Rivas. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.